what you are about to see is real. Two women of privilege, their views shaped by their divergent backgrounds. A white woman from an evangelical Midwest military household and a multiracial philosopher from a wealthy Southern California family. They are attempting to do something unimaginable in today's society. They are going to talk to each other like human beings. This is Privilege with Purpose. Co-hosts Dava Mills and Alina Francis openly discuss topics that are normally only whispered about behind closed doors as they try to illuminate context and break down power struggles. Welcome to the conversation. On this episode of Privilege with Purpose. This week we are wrapping up our series talking about power struggles. Human beings are, we need communication and yet we are so terrible at it. In a power struggle, recognize there's a power struggle, but should we also recognize what our tendency is in a power struggle? Forgiving. A lot of people have a problem with this because they have to be right about how wrong mm-hmm. the other person is. It's a cheap way of feeling power when that is not really power at all. The conversation starts now. Hi, and welcome to Privilege with Purpose. I am Alina Francis. And I'm Dava Mills. And this week we are wrapping up our series talking about power struggles. And the reason we're doing power struggles is because every episode, whether or not we mention the phrase power struggle, we really are talking about conflict that people are going through and trying to keep themselves in power. Hence, the power struggle. Power struggles are problematic because they represent a form of debate with no winner. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there is no winner. There is no winner. Ooh. And power struggles are so common that we forget we are in one. When you Google or research, research power struggle, most sources state how to avoid them rather than to navigate or move through them. And we're so, we are surmising that by avoiding a power struggle, we're staying in our own little world and we're not engaging with another person to find the common ground or to understand their point of view. Social conflict occurs when two or more people oppose each other and in social interaction, each exerting social power with reciprocation in an effort to achieve incompatible goals whilst um, preventing the other from attaining their own. Okay, that's a lot. So break yes. that down. What does that mean? So basically meaning is, again, saying that there is no win situation. Okay. One is trying to force a fun or try to manipulate mm-hmm. the other into some sort of submission or passiveness. Okay. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read from my notes and we're going to break down a couple of things that you found recently. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to walk through our episode season and then we're going to have a conversation about it, correct? Right. Okay. So the first thing is, is when you were looking up these videos on power struggle, one of the things that was kind of interesting is everything was about the avoidance of the power struggle. Right. You did find some person who talked about it and what they were surmising is that there was control or there was authority and control was agreement to try and get the person to think like you and authority was about validating their point of view but then still getting them to think like you. So 
you said that was manipulation, right? Because at the end of the day, you're still separated, you're still divided, right? So why should we try to seek to pull people in and make you believe to do the things instead of just understand? Yes, and in, 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 in not only just understand, but going through the process. Mm-hmm. So there is a true, so there is a true understanding and so that there is clarity and so there is aha moments. Right. And we're going to get to that process here in a minute. So one of the things that we were looking at in power struggle is power struggle, even the the term has a negative connotation. So as we were talking the other night, you said it's misdirected energy. Yes. So if we started looking at a power struggle as energy that's not going the direction that it should be going instead of the actual struggle. How does that feel to you? I know for me, it just feels like, oh, I can realign myself in the moment. Right. Correct. Because remember, there's different power struggles. There's one with yourself. There's one if you have children. There's one with your significant other. There is workplace struggles. There is then struggles on social and governmental let, you know, exactly. there's, there's all these layers to a power struggle. Right. So I'm going to talk about our episodes. I'm not going to go in the order of the episodes. I'm going to go into this funnel that kind of feeds itself and comes back around into the funnel. So if you look at the stuff that we were talking about, we started with uh, our very first episode, oddly. Uh, you didn't bring alcohol, but you brought the KKK. We were talking about cancel culture yes. and cancel culture. It was the mob mentality, right? Yes. And what does the mob mentality do to all of us as kind of a species or a community? It divides us and it separates us. I believe that if, if racism is a power struggle, then who is generating this engine who is creating this Mm -hmm. power struggle we start to look to see the few people that are in control that is managing this Mm -hmm. particular power struggle which i say it's a power struggle then you start to look at and you start to realize well that we start masking who we are to fit in which comes up with you know the episode that we talked about racism about the the missing the mark, right? Because that starts feeding to us at a personal level. Plus it allows the people that are controlling the narrative Mm -hmm. to have, so they themselves no longer have a hand in doing this. It's now us. We police Mm -hmm. each other. We are now keeping division. We are now keeping separate. We are now dividing and now they no longer have to have a playing hand in it. And they can sit back and watch and control and manipulate while this shit show is literally right. running. So when the shit show starts running, what we start doing is we try to take a control of our own lives. And what happened in these episodes, we use a very specific example, sex zombies, the dead bedroom. We're taking control of the one thing we can take control of. And what we do is we damage relationships because we get caught in this moment of being so right that we don't want to listen to the other person's point of view, their, their validation, right? Yes. Um, which leads in a lot of situations. This one leads to a lot of body image issues, both right. male and female, which then goes into our, you know, first world problems, triple D's. So what was that about for you? For me, it's a power struggle within 
our, it's a power struggle for women and figuring out their bodies, mm -hmm. figuring out who they are in relativeness to the, or in relation to your right. bra. Whether you go to Victoria's Secret and getting it, or to Target, or right. to Cassique, or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. So, and then from there, it's like, well, I have to fix myself. So, what do we do? Cult of self help. We start going out there because we're looking for the magic bullet. And a lot of the cult of self help is toxic positivity. Um, and it's also about getting people to validate who I am in the moment. Which is really interesting because then you have, and because we're women, and it's mostly women, right? Which is very scary, and we'll talk about that another time. But men but led, but men led about women and how we're identifying ourselves, mm -hmm. and oftentimes we're identifying ourselves to things that are not even close or even remotely near to who we are as no. a person. No. So when we start having these, when you started going through like these other, you know, these other episodes that we've talked about, each one had a specific subject matter, had rabbit holes, it had all sorts of things. What has stood out for you the most in our discussions? For me, it'd be the cult of self-help. And why is that? Um, because given that I'm in that, I, I am... I'm kind of in that industry and being a healer, mm -hmm. it was very upsetting to see that if feminine energy is supposed to heal uh, mm -hmm. humanity and where it's going, that there's no real feminine voice out there that's representing us. Okay. That's the first thing. Two, at least when you look at top 10 gurus who to see, there was no women. The only person that showed up was Oprah. Um, and which is, is sad not to say because it was Oprah, but because there's so many women out there already that are doing it yet are not being recognized. Right. Right. So there was that one. The other thing was that in association with being a healer and as I am expanding my consciousness and expanding my healing, I also saw that there was within the male identity of gurus and um, healers that there was this corruptness. Right. That is so sickening to me um, that I, I can't even begin to. Yeah. I won't even go because, you know. I, but I know. Yes, yeah, seeing these leaders abusing. You know, it's so funny because you went to Their the power. episodes and what it was so funny because in my head, when I asked that question, what cracked me up is all the conversations that we've had leading up to our episodes. And then in the episodes, if I say something odd, you're like, well, that's a white people thing. So it's like, we go like, it, it's funny because, you know, it's the whole, like, this is where you're going. You're going on the spiritual level. And I dial into how people behave on an everyday basis. Right. Yeah. So for me, a lot of this stuff brings up, oh my God, well, this is how one of the employees I work with acts. This is how one of the managers I work with. acts. Right. This is, so I, it, it's just, it's funny where you're seeing on this like global consciousness level, I see it at a very distinct management level of this is why companies can't make money. Yeah. So, and it's always white people. <laughs> <laughs> and why management allows managers to manage and they have no capacity mm -hmm. 
and they're not even educated enough, meaning not by degrees, but educated right. into just managing people right. that is empowering. You know, it's funny because the most common call I get from the managers I work with is I have to give bad news to someone. How do I do this? And I can't tell yeah. you how many times I literally have to say, you're going to start the conversation with, we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation. And in those moments, what's really interesting is they've had people that are crying. So you're going to start the conversation, then you're probably going to cry. But it stops the conflict before it starts because now the person's ready that it's going to be a hard conversation, right? Yes. And I think in conflict, a lot of people aren't willing just to start with, listen, I need to have a conversation with you that might feel really weird. Yeah. Um, What's interesting enough is that people with people, mm -hmm. how they are so, it, it almost seems naturally like they don't, they naturally put themselves in a situation where there is conflict. Right. And then they try to avoid it. And then they try to avoid it, which is, which is a weirdness of its own, given that human beings need other human beings to exist. Right. But they're going into the conversations, not trying to avoid it. They're going in, tr assuming that the person sees their point of view when they don't, they don't stick with it. They don't get, they don't ask, why don't you see my point of view? They allow the conflict to start or they immediately withdraw to their corner and start this us versus them mentality. Which hence the power struggle. Right. You know, or they start the attack versus the conversation. Yeah. Like what's wrong with conversation? What's funny is that uh, we're human beings are, we need communication and yet we are so terrible at it. We, well, we are. We are because so terrible at it we make a lot of assumptions around body language which aren't necessarily true based on culture based on neurodiversity we don't ask for more information we don't get the history behind the information they give us we don't do these deep dives into well tell me more about that well if this was to happen would this change the outcome right when we start diving into all these parts of these conversations there's a respect, I think, that naturally occurs yeah. instead of a forced earning of respect because of a position a person holds. So the first step is to understand that there is a power struggle, that it's actually happening. Right. Right? Because a lot of people don't know until after the fact. Well, if you're like me, when a power struggle hits, you know, there's everybody talks about fight or flight. But there's also freeze and there's also a fourth one they're talking about now called fawn where you in a power struggle mm -hmm. start basically worshiping the person to calm them down. It's uh, commonly used with narcissists. People that have been raised with narcissists will use it on like narcissistic bosses or things like that. Right. Um, so I'm definitely a freeze person. In those moments, I literally, like, I'm deer in the headlights, right? right. Um, the few times that I have my wits about me, I'm a straight up fight. Right. Um, but in a power struggle, recognize there's a power struggle, but should we also recognize what our tendency is in the power struggle? We should. However, there's a lot of people out there that can't do that. Okay. Only because they are not ready to face 
their fears and insecurity. Okay. And when I mean that by owning them mm -hmm. and holding themselves accountable to it. Okay. So recognize there's a power struggle. What's the next step? How to resolve. Okay. So this is really interesting. How do you resolve one? When I was doing my research work and going into Google, there was a most of the things that came up was how to avoid a power struggle. Right. So this goes into what I've said before, and, and I'm actually putting it out there, that racism is a power struggle, and that's all it is. So what we're going to do is I've developed through um, my business, what I do, the Alcorn Experience, is I actually specialize in this. I do a five-step process. Okay. Right. So there's one honoring your feelings. Oh, there we go. I see. I'm sorry. I thought we were starting into the steps and I completely spaced it. So yeah, that's okay. you could have called me out on it. You know? That's okay. All right. Well, go on. Recognize Two, your feelings. How honor your feelings, recognizing, acknowledging them, accepting them, owning them, even if okay. they're negative. Mm -hmm. There's that. Recognizing the pattern, taking responsibility for your part. Okay. Where are you, where, what, how are you and what are you being? Okay. Right? Then you, the third step, ask yourself, what is the cost or payoff? Which is interesting because I talk a lot, a lot about understanding the cost. Like, don't make a decision unless you know the cost of your actions, right? right? It isn't just dollars sometimes. Right. It's very much, it's the alienation of people. It's the alienation of friends. It's the loss of jobs for having this moment of a power struggle, which we talked about in cancel culture. Right, or not talking to a brother or sister or now disowning a family member. The four is to look to see and understand without fault. So looking at, looking at and seeing the incident or the struggle for what it really is, meaning taking the emotion out because the, the you already, by step one, you honor the feelings. So let's take the emotion out. Let's see right. what the struggle is fact by fact, what right. it is. But this is also so much about what we're here doing. We talk about the illumination of context, illuminating context. When you really step back yes. and look at everything that's feeding into this moment, it's like, wow, it's not as simple as these two or three things that I see. It goes right. back. Sometimes it goes back generations. Sometimes there's six other things that led up to this that happened all in the same five minutes, right? right? Um, yeah. So go on. Which gets oh, on. you to your aha moments. Yeah, the aha and moments. And feelings, right? And the fifth one is getting to forgiveness. Forgiving. Forgiving self and forgiving mm. the person that you're in the struggle with. A lot of people have a problem with this because they have to be right about how wrong mm -hmm. the other person is. And in that way, it's a cheap way of feeling power when that is not really power at all. Right. And well, and then not forgiving yourself, because if you forgive yourself, that in a, in a moment is letting go of what happened. And a lot of times we like the drama of talking about what happened, right. right? I mean, it was like, to go back to the Dead Bedrooms episode, there were so many things that came up in that moment, but at the same time, for me, it was like, I'm past this now, right? Because I know the role that I played. Right. 
So to be able to step past that, it's interesting, but most people don't want to give up that complaint. They don't want to give up that drama. They don't want to give up. Oh, I get attention whenever I tell somebody this happens. Okay. So this is beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to go into something really hot and heavy. This is going to be a button for a lot of people out there. Racism, black people. I'm talking to my community out there. Where are we doing that? Where are we, what is the cost and payoff of keeping this conversation going rather than to really heal it? Where are you as an individual accountable and responsible for the disempowerment of our own kind by being in a conversation in which there is no end? Mm. <laughs> what is the cost and payoff there for you? And then if you're going to, if you can't look at it that way as a community, what is the cost and payoff? It can't just be, we get to be right about how wrong white people are. And white people don't get to play the victim of, I don't know why you're treating me this way. I never owned you. So we, so we got to find a middle, a middle ground. Mm -hmm. For me, and finding a middle ground is approaching it as a power struggle and then breaking it down through that five-step process. So again, if we start looking at the power struggle as right. the misdirected energy, energy, right? Like what would the energy feel like in a racist conversation, the, the racism conversation, what would the energy feel like if it was directed right? What do you think would be the outcome besides the end of racism? That's a big question. This is, this is where feelings is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so the five-step process in which I said, people are so stuck mm -hmm. in the feelings of it, right? right? We're so stuck in the feelings of it, we can't even get to the very first step in the process. Right, and this is where like I talk to people and I talk to a lot of the staff that I work with when they're going through really hard times. I'm like, you need, you need to wallow, right? right? I've talked to a lot of people about that, yeah. but I also say you have to give yourself a time to wallow. That's a yes. starting time and an ending time. And sometimes that end time isn't enough, but if we can learn to say, I have acknowledged what I'm going through today and I'm giving myself space to do this again tomorrow. Right. Now, sometimes people need to take protected leave. Let's, I do want to talk about that. They need to take protected leave and actually spend time working on themselves, right? right. If you work for a company that's large enough to have those protections available, sometimes you need to do that. Yes. Well, and I want to make, I want to, I, I want to make this really, really clear. I want to say to my black community, I am not, I'm not negating. I'm not minimizing here. This is not what I'm saying. So if you're hearing that, that's not what I'm saying at all. I am saying at one point, because I've stated this in previous episodes, I cannot be the only black person that is exhausted with this conversation. I cannot. I refuse to believe that. At what point are we going to take the reins, like really, into our hands and be accountable and responsible for our part right. in the conversation so that we can move forward? Because if we keep doing this, if we keep if we keep yelling and screaming, which we can, if history shows anything, mm -hmm. it's not working. And for white it's people- It's not working. Yeah, I was gonna say for white people to say, well, I wasn't part of the problem. Right. 
because I was born after the problem negates the validity that a problem exists. Right. It's, I mean, it is an ostrich effect. I mean, instead of saying I wasn't part of the problem, say, you know what? The problem still exists. Yes. What is the part that I'm playing here? Yes. Am I avoiding it? Am I unconsciously doing things to put people in awkward positions? Right. Are you refusing to get intentionally better because you think you're perfect? Everybody says they're not perfect, but yeah. I've worked with enough people. I know people still think they're perfect and they still <laughs> justify everything about themselves. Right. Um, so, so in response to that, I, I saw that. No, you'll be perfectly not blaming every weird thing on white people, girl. This is why it's really important that you, the viewers, our mm -hmm. audience must, must, um, not just, I mean, we want you to subscribe, but comment and comment in, in an intelligent way, not in a shitty avoidance cancel culture way i mean honestly how many can how many people are going to cancel are going to cancel to the point no one can say anything well like, and, let's, and let's bring up an important <laughs> thing about cancel culture it is being thrown around right. so strongly now that people feel they're being persecuted by cancel culture and i'm not going to go down the rabbit yeah. hole but there are some very public figures right now that are making cancel culture a political statement just so they can get their five minutes of fame and run for office when they're really trying to protect other things. They're doing the shiny thing over here to try and protect what's happening on over here. And yeah, cancel culture happens, but if we just took the five minutes it would take to look up information, right? And because willing. someone's like, okay, yeah. just because a racist says something, do like, like I said, the woke, mm -hmm. you're not, if you, if you can cancel someone to the point where they have no livelihood, it doesn't matter what they said. Right. You don't have to agree. That's the beauty of being an American. We're home of the free, freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. If you cannot be with what someone's saying to you and it's negative, and then, and, and then you're going to cancel them. You are not woke. Like I said before, you can't, you can't even, that's right. not even the same sentence. Right. Right. So you gotta be very, very careful. What are we going to start censoring? Is this what the new face of censorship is? Because if it is, thank you for the people of, of power being, this is, this is a yet again, one of the tools that they are letting us run amok and we're doing a very fucking good job at it. So can we talk about how to recognize when there's a power struggle? Yes. Okay. So there's two things. Number one is when you hear that little voice in your head that you start trying to memorize what you want to say and you zone out on what the other person is saying. That's the first sign a power struggle is about ready to go down because you are now misaligning your energy on yourself and on the words that you're trying to get your point across. You're not focused on the energy that's coming to you so that you have a good exchange of energy. I would say that would be, that would be the first thing. There's also this, there's a physical one too. If you have, if you are insecure and have inferi an inferiority complex, like your boss, you're already on the fence. You're already, 
you're already having anxiety before you even have the conversation. That's mm -hmm. suggesting that that could be possibly a, a power struggle. Right. And where I have talked in the past about body language being somewhat of a misnomer, mm -hmm. I will say that there are aspects of body language that help me that when people start coming up to me with conflicting information, one of the first things I do is if I'm standing up, I put my hands behind my back. Because I am symbolizing to myself in that moment that I am opening myself to receive whatever they give me. Mm -hmm. I'm not protecting myself. Now, everybody has their own form of what that would look like. Right. But it's a conscious decision that I have to make to be able to receive that information. Right. Now, I've been doing this for so many years. I can do that without putting my hands behind my back. Right. But... It takes hands practice. On your side. Yeah, it's 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 the intentional practice that I keep talking about right. because the first time you engage into a power struggle after this conversation, you'll recognize it after the fact. The second time you might recognize it just before it's over. The third time in the middle, and you might be able to redirect course. It takes time to recognize it when it starts. And we have to forgive ourselves in yes. those moments. There's no beating ourselves up, but there's also no making ourselves right. And to, so once you identify the power struggle, it's really, really important. The struggle you're with the other person mm -hmm. or persons that you're having the power struggle with, you've got to be, you've got to create a safe space mm -hmm. for yourself. There has to be some kind of safe space, whether there's another, if it's in the work setting, if you're having power struggle with your boss, instead of one-on-one, -on -one, maybe another person has to be sit in the conversation. Or that is, you feel neutral. Right. One of the right? things that I have to do in those situations is to say, listen, I acknowledge what I'm good at. Right. And yeah. so in this situation, I am not good at in the moment conflict. You tell me what you need to tell me. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Like I state what my needs are in order to have a healthy right. conversation. Is that always realistic? No, no. but you can, it, it starts, it starts the dialogue, right. right? And if you already know, if, the, if, the, if you've done something, first off, if you've done something wrong at a workspace or even with your significant other mm -hmm. or even children, right? Um, before actually the dialogue, especially if there's heated energy, you got to take a timeout. Right. There has to be a timeout. There has to be a bigger person in this scenario and not with resentment. We right. talked about this. It's not taking the bigger, well, I'm taking the bigger step by, no, it's not taking the bigger, that in fact, that's not taking the bigger step. Or the higher or road. higher road, yeah. right? You got to, one has to stop. Mm -hmm. and have a timeout and you have to reconnect right at another time and this is actually something we were talking about the other night that we use in this culture I took the high road as a way to beat down the other person as if they're less than you let's look at the high road as this is the road that doesn't get us stuck in the mire right when we can get ourselves out of the mire by using the high road, again, I think that realigns the energy versus the, well, I took the high road because we really use that as a colloquial term now to throw in someone's face that you are better than them. Yes. And I'm not better than the person that I'm talking to. We are breathing the same oxygen. Yeah. So. Plus, once you get into that space, that context in which Dave is talking about, you're now 
righteous. You're now being very self-righteous. You're now right about how wrong this person is. We need to be open that we're wrong. We need to be open that we're both right. Yes. We need to be open that we are missing the mark and we need to redirect slightly or try something a little bit different or just admit that sometimes we're fallible. Yeah. So we're not here to fix. However, we are here to have conversations that will allow us and allow you to participate so that healing can occur and so that humanity can still be humanity uncensored Mm -hmm. and we can freely be us and 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 have an an effect on each other that's going to be empowering even when it doesn't feel so good right because even when you're talking with your friends and family and you have conversations that have you go south you always come back together there's always love right Mm -hmm. We can do this. Well, yeah. I believe we can. If we can have a Thanksgiving and know what we're getting ourselves into, know how to get through the Thanksgiving, know how to get through the holidays, whatever the deal might be, know how to sit next to that person at church that we don't completely agree with, but they have a really good upside down, you know, pineapple cake or something, you know, pineapple upside down cake. The, The reality is we can do this with everybody. And in no way is Davis saying to avoid. No. That's the whole point. Is to stop the avoidance. No, I mean, I'm saying to, let's, yes, let's engage. Let's, let's have a engage. conversation. Whether uh, you like it or not, whether we like it or not. Yeah. We want to hear your comments because we want to get to an understanding. We want to get to a common ground. And we want to hear a point of view we haven't discussed. There is going to be points of view that we haven't considered. Yeah. They might be in the minority, but when you speak up, you might find out you're in the majority. Yeah. You don't know until you have a conversation, but you don't do it through attacking. Have you considered what's going on with this? Why didn't you talk about this? This has been my experience when I tried to do X, Y, Z. This, this is the dialogue. Yes. And if you do need or would like extra assistance on power struggles, that is what I do. That is what my business is. And I'm at, you can find me at the Alcorn Experience. Here at Privilege with Purpose, we're here to bring both of our businesses together, right. which, which interlinks with each other right. to have these conversations and dialogues. So it's not just us and it's not our personal practices, but to allow humanity to be humanity. Right. Because like I've said before, Alina really talks about things at a spirit universal level. I really, um, in my day-to-day practice, really focus on what is happening in the moment so that we can move forward in the moment. So, um, yeah. And we so appreciate it. We thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you. And we're glad that you've joined the conversation. And we look forward to seeing you in our second season. Second season. So be sure to subscribe, send us emails, um, follow us on social media, and... Let us know. And whether it's negative or positive, we want to really hear your comments and we will address them as they come. But please be respectful. Thank you so much. The conversation doesn't stop here. We've got bonus footage from this episode, including... Because you can communicate all the time.
wrong love. Right? You're right. I had an opportunity recently to stumble across and have dinner with a sex therapist who is AASEC certified, ECT certified. Right? Of course she does. Which goes to me, why I do what I do is because of my constant power struggle mm -hmm. within myself, within humanity, and with family. <laughs> I actually have a shirt of sheep. Is she the owner? And one of them is a... Check out the bonus footage playlist on YouTube. Available now.